Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter number 6. We're just going to look at the first eight verses of this chapter. Looking at my notes, we might be done pretty quick. Then again, we might not. <laughs> you never know these days with me. So, Revelation chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. So, when you find your place, I'll ask that you stand to me on the reading of God's Word if you're able. Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And the Word of God says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. And that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and I behold, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Let's pray. Dear God, once again, we thank you for this another time of worship today and father we thank you for your word and father i ask lord that you would give me the words to say this evening lord as we look at uh these particular passages lord dealing with the end times events and so father i pray lord that you'll bless the message let it be used for our encouragement equipping us to do the work of the ministry and father i pray lord that it will go out and uh, convict a lost person that might be in need of a Savior. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll convict their hearts and draw them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we've been working our way through Revelation, last week we looked at uh, chapter 5. And in chapter 5, we saw where uh, the seal that was in the right hand of God... Or I'm sorry, not a seal, but a, a book was in the hand, right hand of God as he sat on the throne. And uh, they was looking for somebody that was worthy to take this book and to 
opened it, it was a scroll and it had seven seals. It was written on frontward and backward. It had seven seals that sealed it up. And uh, with those seals, it meant that it was meant for a person in particular. A particular person was, was going to be able to take this book and open it up. Not just anybody could do it, but it had to be the one that was worthy to take the seal from the right hand of God and to open this book and to loose the seals. And, of course, they looked around, and nobody was found worthy. But they looked, and uh, one of the elders said to John, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book. And it says that when he looked, he says he beheld a, a lamb as one slain from the foundation of the earth. And as that lamb came, and it says he was able to take the book out of the hand of God that sat on the throne. And of course, worship broke out. Excitement broke out over the triumph of the Lamb. Because we know that that prevailing that had taken place was all due to the Lamb and Him dying on the cross for the sins of the mankind. And not just Him dying on the cross, but Him being raised from the dead, conquering sin, death, hell, and the grave. And as He took the seal and they worshipped him. We now come to where we're at in chapter 6. What's about to take place is the beginning of the end. The way this whole ordeal of the end times is going to be played out. And it's going to be played out under the direction and directive and timing of the Lamb himself. Because we'll see that it is the Lamb of God. That is the one opening the seals. And each time he opens the seal, something pertaining to the end times is going to take place. This evening we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at one of the most popular events of the book of Revelation. Often known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, we see taking place here. And so let's look as we break down these eight passages. The first seal is one of peace. Look what happens. It says in verse number 1, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and it says, I heard as it were a noise of thunder. In other words, this uh, beast had a loud, booming, authoritative voice as he cried out to John, Come and see. He's directing John, Hey, look, you need to look and see what is going to happen. And so John says, and saw, I saw, and behold, he says, A white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This white horse, when you think of a white horse, what's one of the first things you often think of, especially if you're used to watching some old cowboy movies? You often think of a, a white horse and that person, that's the, that's the hero of the day, right? And so because of that, a lot of people, when they interpret the book of Revelation, they look and they see that this is uh, Jesus coming. But yet yeah, we're not going to see Jesus coming back until Revelation chapter 19. So this has to be somebody that is seen as a hero, but not the hero. Amen? And so it says here that this one, he was sat on a white horse, and it says he had a bow in his hand. A crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Notice this. He says he has a bow. 
You know what's missing from this? Arrows. So he's got a bow with no arrows. Says he's going forth to conquer and to conquer. He's got a crown. And notice it was given to him. I believe this is none other than the man that we know from Scripture as the Antichrist. He looks like a hero. He's got all the good uh, qualifications of a hero. But yet there's something mysterious about him he's going forth with a bow but yeah he's got no arrows and notice the crown this is a crown that would be placed on royalty or uh, some type of leader and as he's given this crown it's somebody that people have put in a leadership position and it says he goes going forth to conquer and to conquer but how is he doing this when he has a bow with no arrows, I'll tell you how he's doing it. He's conquering through peace and diplomacy. What is it most people, when they're looking for, notice we're coming up on presidential elections. They're, they're looking for somebody that will speak about peace, aren't they? Peace, unification. Somebody that's going to open up the borders and uh, be able to bring peace to the entire world. And there's people that are willing to give that to them. When Barack Obama was elected president, the main thing that he ran on was unity and bringing peace to America. And man, people ate it up and they went to the polls and they voted for him. Same's going to be with this man. He's going to rise up, and what's going to happen? He's going to promise peace to the world. All the foreign diplomats that have ever risen up to take over a country, Hitler, Mussolini, these type of fellows, they all did it through a promise of peace. And that's what we have here. We have this man that's promising peace. He's going into the world and, and he's going to conquer. He's going to go to this place and this place. And he's going to rule the world through peace and diplomacy. And that is exactly what the world is searching for at this very moment. You see, we often think, how can people, how will people be able to fall for this man known as the Antichrist? They'll look and they'll say, all the scriptures, they, they will point to this man. Listen, the scriptures pointed to Jesus and they rejected him just the same way as the scriptures point to an Antichrist. The people will accept him. So this man will rise to power and leadership and have this crown given to him through peace. Conquering without violence, but with peace and diplomacy. But then, the second seal is opened. Verse number three. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second beast saying, Come and see. And notice this. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. And that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. So the Antichrist 
is going to come and he's going to conquer the world through peace. That's his platform, bringing peace to the earth. But just a short amount of authority will not be enough for this man. Notice, anytime you give somebody a little bit of authority, especially if they're an ungodly person, a little bit of authority is not enough. They always want more authority, and they want it for a longer period of time. Peace can only last for so long. And so, it says that in our text, this horse was red. That represents wrath, anger. I believe something's going to take place that will make the Antichrist so mad, maybe somebody else trying to take his power, that the only thing he's going to be able to do to preserve himself and his position is to send out war. So he says his power was given to him that set their own to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another, and that there was given unto him a great sword. Sovereign, uh, this uh, person on this horse, he's been given directive of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not going to be one to give up his power, but he's going to do what he can to keep it. And if that means throwing peace to the wind and embracing war and using war as his objective to keep what he has come after, then so be it. And of course this speaks of what Daniel writes in Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8. Verse number 24. says, And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Peace will only last so long, and because of his willingness to preserve himself and his authority, he will enact war and violence. Matthew chapter 24. Verses 6 and 7. I'm sure let's back it up. Let's, verse number 5 says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and look, shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Wars and rumors of wars. It says in our text that they should kill one another. This is speaking of mankind. They're going to war, but yet even uh, and with nation against nation within themselves, uh, they'll be killing one another. All so that the Antichrist can preserve 
his place of power. Now we move on to this third seal. And when you opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. This third seal represents famine. And notice this is always how it happens with war. You always start off with a time of peace, and then there'll be war coming, and then there'll be a famine in the land. And this with famine comes rationing. Think back to your history classes uh, during the Great Depression and, and certain parts after World War II, after uh, the war. There was what? Rationing of supplies. Rationing of food. My grandma would <clears throat> tell stories about how um, when she was a little girl growing up that they would be given uh, uh, little paper certificates. And this, these certificates only allowed them to be able to get just so much of certain foods from the store. Because it was being rationed out. Why? Because of famine. Because of a famine being coming after the war. The third seal is famine. It, it says that there'll be uh, balances in his hand. That's rations. But it says a measure of wheat for a penny. A penny would be a day's wage back then. Some translations rendered, I think, a denarius, which would have been the uh, correct term for their uh uh, money back then. So a day's wage for a measure of wheat. A measure of wheat would have been uh, just enough food for one person for one day. It says three measures of barley for a penny. Three measures would have been enough to feed a small family for a day. So you see how how this is taking place. There's a famine and they're able only to make just enough to get them through the day. And these are things that often tra follow after war. It says, he touched, it says, but see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Oil and wine. Some people say, well, this is a uh, statement concerning the uh, more luxurious items of the day that this would uh, be that the uh, rich people would uh, be able to afford the oil and the wine and, and nobody else would be able to afford these things but then again also it could be a sign of mercy as oil and wine would be some uh, essentials to food prep and so even in the midst of this tribulation that's beginning we see that even uh, God is going to have mercy in allowing the people to still be able to get to their essentials for food prep but nevertheless the famine's going to come and people will only be able to make just enough money to just barely make it through the day and then this fourth seal 
verses 7 and 8. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, one quarter of the earth, one fourth of the earth, to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Think about that. At the beginning of the tribulation period, this last horse to come out, recognized as, as death with hell following behind him. The, the word hell is, uh, uh, speaks of uh, not the eternal uh, place of torment, but it just speaks of the grave. Hades would be the Greek word for it. it. speaks of the grave. And so what's going on is this rider on the horse is going through it. He's taking out one quarter of the earth. All the, One quarter of the inhabitants of the earth is going to be taken out. And then just as soon as they're, they're dead, they're being swallowed up by the grave. They're being cast into the grave. And he's going forth to kill with the sword, with hunger, and with death, and that word death uh, literally speaks of disease, pestilence, and then it also says with the beasts of the earth. As I did commentary, I read read some commentaries on this. One commentator pointed out that the beasts of the earth was kind of a odd thing to uh, speak of at this point but they believe that the beasts of the earth would be referenced maybe to rats and often you say well that rats why is that remember history class they spoke of i believe it was in the 13th or 14th century uh the black plague that broke out all over europe remember what caused that rats and they're uh carrying fleas and so they were, the fleas biting these people caused them to die. And remember how great and terrible the uh, plague was and how many uh, thousands or so people died from this just in Europe alone? We're talking about death on a massive scale. And of course, all this is always, you always see it follow each other. You see it in any country that is uh, war-ridden. When a war breaks out, there's always usually some type of famine that comes in. And because there's famine, you often see of a lot of people dying at this time. All over the world, that's happening. But yet, it's not happening on a scale like this. You see, people will say, well, there's always wars going on. There's always rumors of wars. Yeah, but not like what we're going to see in the end times. We haven't seen a a war on a scale where one quarter of the inhabitants of the earth are taken out. We haven't seen anything like that, but it is coming. And that's what is happening as Jesus himself is opening up the seals. And what he's doing is, remember, this is a rebellious, wicked world that has uh, turned their backs on Jesus Christ. Uh, This is a time of Jacob's trouble, the Bible says. 
As the Jewish people had, had turned their back on the Messiah, and just as the rest of the world had turned their back on Christ, He is pouring out His wrath upon this world as He opens each seal. And we see one uh, thing after another coming to take place. We see the Antichrist coming, and the Antichrist is going to deceive many people. And they're going to say to themselves, that's the leader that we want. Why? Because he's bringing peace. We want the one that can promise peace. We don't want to hear about wars. We don't want to hear about people that are uh, that that can uh, that can push a button and, and uh, nuke anybody they want to. We don't want to hear about wars. We want peace in the world. We live with war for too long. We want peace. And so with that, they raise up this man. They give him a crown. They say. We know you can get us through this. So he promises them peace. And for a short time they will have peace. But as his power is threatened, then comes war. He, at any cost, any means necessary, he will do what he can to keep his position. As he causes the abomination of desolation and all these other things to happen. Sacrificing on the temple mount. Angering the Jewish people. War breaks out, and along with that war comes the famine. People barely able to meet their daily needs. Couldn't you imagine not being able to feed your child or having to decide who in the family gets food today? And with that comes death. And this isn't just a limited place this is going to happen all over the world not limited to small uh, poor cities this will be taking place in not just small cities but big cities all over the world major civilized countries Not being able to feed themselves or their families. And then people dying as a result of it. Through the wars. Because it says they'll be killed with the sword. Because of the hunger. People starving to death. Disease taking over as their body begins to not be able to break down certain viruses. They'll die with disease in the beast of the earth bringing upon plague after plague this is what's coming and I don't know about you but if you look around at the news and watch the news pretty regularly you can see all this lining up can't you you can see how people will Put others into power that are promising peace. And we got people now that that will argue over uh, which wars to fight and which wars to not fight. I can remember just a few weeks ago, I uh, believe it was Iran shot down one of our drones. And... Nobody was hurt. Nobody was killed. But I can remember turning on a radio show and listening. And they were upset that President Trump decided not 
to take action and not to blow up uh, and drop bombs on what would have killed over 150 people. Couldn't you imagine? Some people want war, some people don't want war, but folks, war's coming. And it's going to come at the hands of the one that promised peace. As that happens, what's going to happen? Rationing will take place. Here in America, we have people that are have not read their history books and do not realize that communism and socialism does not work. But yet, that's what people are wanting. And they fail to realize that in these communistic, socialist countries, that people are standing in ration lines to get their daily food. And as a result of all of that, they're not able to have good health care. They're not able to have uh, what they need to survive. And so people die. And when the end comes, it's going to happen on a scale larger than anyone could ever imagine. But how do you escape this? As we look through the seven churches... Jesus promised one of the churches that he would preserve them from the tribulation that was to come upon the earth. So you know what that tells me? The only way to keep yourself from this and to be preserved out of what's happening the only answer is Jesus Christ. He's the only way that you'll be preserved from it. Whether you believe a pre-trib rapture, mid-trib rapture, post-trib rapture, wherever the case may be, you still need Jesus Christ. Whether he takes you out before it or he keeps you in it, you're still going to need Jesus Christ to get through it. When could this happen? It could happen any day. Then Christ rise up in the power and take over. That's why we need to be ready. This evening I ask you, if the end was to begin today, would you be ready for it? In other words, do you know Jesus Christ and have your faith in him to pull you through this? Think about that as we have our final hymn of invitation. Pray with me. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.